This is a bittersweet day um, to commemorate the uh, departure, retirement of an all-time great, Danny Ainge, who won championships as a player and won a championship as a head of basketball, unprecedented in Celtics history. One of the truly finest people I've ever met in my life. Um, you know, today is not a great day. I, w- I wish we would have, you know, finished the year on a, on a much better note. Um, but I feel like there's so much hope in, in the Celtics going forward. And um, I'm excited for Brad. I think that Brad, he was born for this. It's an honor to be trusted with this responsibility um, by Wick, by Pags. Um, and, and then to get a chance to learn from and work and work alongside Danny all of this time. Welcome to week 37, counting week 37 of Shark Sports Radio. Shout out to Patrice Bergeron for the number 37. Alongside of me is nobody. It's yours truly, Mark Loisel Jr., a.k.a. Shark, right here in the Ocean State. Uh, Appreciate all of you taking the dive into the tank tonight. As always, you can tune in using your Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and or Spotify app. And as a reminder, you can also check us out on Twitter at SSR2019 underscore. And as always, on Facebook at the Shark Sports Radio page. As you heard from the sound in the beginning, Danny Ainge has stepped down from president of basketball operations and Brad Stevens steps in as his replacement. Danny Ainge spent 18 years with the Celtics as the man making the decisions on player personnel. He's won also two titles as a player and one as an executive. I have to imagine that one day his number will be in the rafters in the TD Garden. Now as for the future, this organization has been making some franchise-changing moves and a very intelligent acquisition in the recent hours here. So step one, step one was find a coach. Well, they've got their coach. They've completed that step, nabbing Ime Udoka as their head coach moving forward. Now, Udoka shouldn't come as a surprise, mainly because, as Keith Smith has reported, the Boston Celtics All-Stars, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, as well as longest tenure uh, Celtic Marcus Smart, gave Brad Stevens their stamp of approval on the hiring of Ime Udoka. So all these three um, played for Team USA at the 2019 FIBA World Cup, and Yudoka was an assistant under Coach Popovich. Now, the bus doesn't stop there for Yudoka in his surprising yet uh, accomplished resume. You know, he's been an assistant coach for nine seasons. I believe seven under uh, the Spurs with Coach Pop and uh, Sixers last year, and then most recently this year with the Nets under Steve Nash. He was also part of the Spurs 2014 NBA Championship staff as well. So there is a lot to say about Yudoka, man of the hour, I guess you could say, or of the day, um, who has made his presence known uh, throughout NBA channels. A lot of people are saying, well, what took you so long, Brad Stevens, to hire this guy? Um, I think it was more about just doing their due diligence. Uh, they had what they wanted. 
Um, they were looking for, you know, a guy that had some energy, some leadership qualities, you know, demeanor that uh, a lot of players can relate to, uh, which Udoka can because he's a former player, but yet he can relate to different coaches. And also um, what's been not told um, as of late is his relationship. And we heard this, I believe, from Jackie McMillan um, recently in uh, New England Channels is Ime Udoka had a very great experience in converting uh, James Harden into a likable guy and a, a good defender. Uh, not to say a great defender, a good defender in the playoffs, but he helped kind of translate that move for, for James Harden. So Udoka seems to be a great fit. Um, like I said, I, I know they were looking for you know a coach of color. Um, I knew they were looking for a guy that can relate with the players, which you can just see right now as far as... Uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart, they give their stamp of approval. That's great. To play devil's advocate, right, are there more, I guess, tenured, uh, a lot bigger resume coaches out there? Yes, but they don't necessarily always, you know, do well, um, you know, just by change of scenery. Like Mike D'Antoni, I, I would not even give Mike D'Antoni a shot. Um, Rick Carlisle, he's a former, you know, player, you know, for the, the Boston Celtics way back in the day. He was in the rankings of potentially being a guy that could, uh, you know, see the Celtics. But then that was said early on in the process that that wasn't uh, something that they wanted to target. Um, Karen Lawson, in my eyes, uh, she's very, you know, credible person uh, within the basketball industry. And you can make a case for her to be the next, um, you know, coach in line. Uh, Chauncey Billups, his resume, his leadership qualities uh, back when the, the Detroit Pistons were championship uh, caliber team, you know, leading the charge of uh, Richard Hamilton, Ben Wallace, and Tayshawn Prince. So there was a lot of good prospects out there. But again, it all comes back to what Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown want. And Marcus Smart for me is kind of like a small caveat here. I don't necessarily Marcus Smart should have a say in this um, process. Granted, he is one of the younger players, uh, but when it comes down to superstar, you know, caliber players, it's Jalen Brown and it's Jason Tatum, hands down. That's not even a question. So for Brad Stevens to show Marcus Smart some positivity in this process makes me wonder even if Brad Stevens will put Marcus Smart on the trade block. If you're going to ask Marcus Smart what he thinks about Ime Yudoka, and he says, yes, I would love to have him as my coach, and then you go and trade him, that's just not a good luck. So that's why I think Brad Stevens should have kept him out of those circles. But who am I to say that was the wrong decision? Um, when it comes down to it, again, uh, the Celtics found their guy, it seems like. They're comfortable with him, which is great. Um, and, and that was step one. A step two was trying to figure out what to do with Kemba Walker, and I feel like they did well. Um, now, Al Horford, he's aged, what, 35? You know, Celtics save around $9.4 million, you know, on the books, so they have a little more money to spend, and they can also, you know, spend the full mid-level exception for the Celtics and free agency. So, do I think the trade with Kemba Walker and Al Horford and Moses Brown, yes, they had to give up their 16th pick, but again, Here's the beauty in all this. Danny Ainge loves to use picks. He loved to use picks. Brad Stevens is now seeing it and saying, all right, we got enough young guys on the bench. We don't need more. Like, we're not going out and getting another guy at the 16th pick just because of the hype of the draft. 
we're actually going to try to develop Romeo Lankford, develop Aaron Neesmith, maybe trade away Shimmy Ojale. So somewhere in the mix, you got to understand that the players that you have on your bench were too young. I heard on the radio on my way back home uh, later this afternoon, and I think it was the Sports Hub or EI, I forget which one it was, but they put in great perspective. You got Traymond Waters coming off the bench. Carson Edwards, you know, Grant Williams, you have Aaron E. Smith, Romeo Langford. What you need are veterans coming off the bench that you can count on. Example, Cameron Payne for the Phoenix Suns is lighting it up. That's exactly what you need. A, a, a guy, if he gets injured, you need a guy that steps up. Like Kemba Walker, he was injured. Cameron Payne probably would have been a good guy to have behind Kemba Walker. And instead, we got Traymond Waters, and we got um, Payton Pritchard, no knock on him. He's probably like one of my favorites on the team. He really is. He is all. And I think Udoka is going to make the most of Payton Pritchard. And most certainly, he could become you know a really good spot shooter as well because we've seen it. He, he can hit. Uh, when his time's called. Going back to the trade, okay? You don't need the 16th pick. Kemba Walker, they're paying like $36, $37 million for for the next two years. Get him out. And then you got Al Horford, who leadership quality. We always talk about we need some character part of this team. We need some vets on this team. We haven't seen it in a couple of years now. You know, Tristan Thompson, I guess you, you can make a case for a vet, but Tice is gone. Baines was gone. So you didn't really have that niche, that growth. And Al Horford is back into the fold. And he's going to be that glue on the court when things go wrong. He's going to say, hey, you know what, guys? We got to step it up. We got to step it off offensively and defensively. But at the same time, Ime Udoka has to make his presence known and treat these guys like they aren't the best in the world, like their backs are against the wall. Yes, you have quality talent. But you got to make the most of it, and they have to become two-way players. They cannot just be offensive players. That will not last in the NBA. What the Celtics are best doing is becoming a top three, top five defensive overall team. In years past, they have had the best overall ratings defensively. So if I was Ime Yudoka, I would focus on defense first, which I think he's kind of like that. I, I saw an interview um, I forget who it was. It was on YouTube. And he said that, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, he's a guy that, you know, likes to show, you know, determination and, you know, a little bit of relentlessness when it comes to, you know, monitoring and coaching these guys in the best way in shape and form, mentoring these guys essentially to be great talents. But you got to make the most of that talent. You know, he'll get up in their face. You know, he was a guy with San Antonio Spurs that really got into people's faces when he felt like it was uncalled for. You need that guy that cares about it. Not to say Brad Stevens didn't. Brad Stevens just had a different way, a different manner. Yudoka is a perfect fit for this Celtics team in order to make the most of it. Now, step three I'm going to get at because I think it's prominent, prominent for Brad Stevens to do this immediately. You have to build shooters around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Here's why. Jason Tatum, when he has the ball, he can become the top player in the NBA without a doubt. But you don't need that guy to do that. What you need him to do is become a threat. Jalen Brown, become a threat. It puts less pressure on these two to perform at the highest level. If you have shooters around them, that makes the shooters more scarier than Jalen Brown and Jason Tate. 
And, and in my eyes, you know, I, I think you can go out and find guys. You know, I think they have to go out and find, you know, a point guard, most certainly. I, I'm, I'm not rolling in with the season of Marcus Smart and Payne Pritchard. That's just not happening. They definitely need to re-sign Evan Fournier, without doubt. They could probably get away with it uh, with that savings of $9.6 million. Maybe they can just cough it up to Evan Fournier and stretch it out you know, a few years. So I think they have the right pieces, I guess, prospectively, but they don't have it in their, in their hands right now. They got to find it. And whether that's through developing Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith, I just don't think they need to go down, down that road. They don't need to go down that again. What they need to find is guys that will fit immediately. Moses Brown, great pickup, underrated pickup in that tree with Al Horford and Kemba Walker. Brown, you know, averaged, I think, around 9-9. Nine and nine. And that was in within like 21 minutes. You give that guy another, you know, seven or eight, you're looking more towards the 12 to 13 range for points and rebounds. A double-double machine. You look at building around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, put shooters around them because what they're going to do is drive to the hoop and then they're going to get to the free throw line. But if they don't have the ability to do that, they can kick it out for three and find that open guy. Now, I don't know Ime Yudoka's game. I don't know. I know he was a part of the Spurs staff. I know he's a part of the Sixers staff. I know he was a part of the Nets staff. With the Spurs, obviously Greg Popovich was the guy, and maybe Yudoka followed, but you can kind of get a sense of what they're looking at. You know, I think it's all about ball movement. I think it's about sharing the basketball. And again, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown need to trust need to trust their teammates. And only way to trust their teammates is get guys that they can work with. You cannot have guys on the floor that can't make shots. You need a guy that can hit you know, anywhere from 35 to 40% from three. Ime Yudoka, if you're going to keep Marcus Smart and Brad Stevens, if you're going to keep this, this team intact with Marcus Smart, you have got to have a sit down with him. That would be my next step. Have a sit down with him and we'll certainly walk him through his shot selection. He needs to average at least seven to eight field goals per game, maybe flirt with 10, but no more. He needs to become the playmaker, the facilitator, and be the best defender he can honestly be. He has hit all defensive snubs for the past two years. And, you know, I feel like that should be energy in him and motivation to want to get to that level. I think currently constituted, the Celtics have a lot of work to do. And Brad Stevens is going to have to get right to it. Okay, I'm not going to say that, you know, you trade Jalen Brown straight up for, for Bradley Beal. That would be great because the chemistry between Tatum and Beal uh, would, be, would be tremendous. You know, Tatum looks up to him. You can kind of see that being a leader. You have Al Horford. You got a nice, good nucleus uh, with those two players. The reason why you should wait, okay, is because Al Horford's contract does come up and Celtics do have money coming off the books in next year's free agency. So that's why I would wait and pitch Bradley Beal right away. But if you want Bradley Beal in your hands and you you know that if he goes to free agency, you can get the most you can give him the most money, that's where you're kind of willing to trade Jalen Brown. But I just don't think I, I think, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum do play similar styles of basketball. It's a little bit of redundancy. So maybe Udoka and Stevens kind of brainstorm and try to figure out if Bradley Beal would be that guy that Tatum needs and Al Horford would need uh, to perform on the court. But I'm not jumping the gun because I, I feel like they can wait and make the most of it. And 
you're in a better shape and form than the Philadelphia 76ers. And that's always a great thing, right? Uh, you know, I just still laugh about that trade that Danny Ainge pulled off. And it might be the best trade in Celtics history, getting Jason Tatum for Markel Fultz. But that's another story for another day. Let's go through, again, you know, the Marcus Smart thing. Okay, Marcus Smart was shooting 32% from three um, for his career. And I think last year um, he shot around 30, I think, four, 33%. So he's right within that wheelhouse. The Celtics, again, they did what they needed to do. They went out and got their coach. I guess he's the disciple of Greg Popovich, um, you know, Steve Nash. You know, I guess he worked with uh, Brett Brown as well with the Sixers. So he's a very credible guy. I think, it, you know, his time was due uh, to get this job opportunity. <laughs> I, I'm laughing because Jay Williams, I mean, um, to say that your Twitter got hacked, you had that drafted in your, your tweets. That was easy. That was easy to read. You, you tweeted out immediately. Do not say that your Twitter got hacked, okay? He was not the first African-American coach of the Celtics. He's actually the sixth. I can't feel bad for Jay Williams because he did what he did. And it's not a good look because he's just trying to put stuff out there to show that, you know, the Celtics finally did something right. No, Celtics always have done something right. And to say that they're, it's a racism city, I mean, you look at it from top to bottom. The Celtics organization as a whole is not a racism franchise. It's not. They've added significant guys throughout their organization. And Bill Russell is a perfect example. Bill Russell was a player's coach. You know, you have trust in this guy to be your coach and player. That just shows the true loyalty that the Celtics do have for African-Americans. It, it, it's great to see, too. Ime Udoka, like I said... For him to get his shot, tip of the cap for Brown Stevens for, for getting a guy of color. I, I will say that. I think that's great because Ime Yudoka, Chauncey Billups, and I think Darvin Ham were all the three finalists. And then it came down to Ime Yudoka and Chauncey. And I think Billups kind of saw it and said, you know, maybe I go to Portland or maybe I just stick with the Clippers or maybe I look into general manager. I, I heard that as well. He wanted to kind of take a different role. So... Ime Udoka is your guy moving forward, Celtics. Brad Stevens, again, great job in hiring this guy. Let's see what he's made of. I'm not going to jump the gun and say the Celtics are going to be, you know, championship contenders because they have a lot of work to do. And especially Brad Stevens in that front office, they have to figure out, you know, most certainly the right moves at the right time and take advantage. But these two moves that Brad Stevens has made, it's been tremendous. Cap relief, you get a veteran guy. That comes in and can help out the core of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And then you also get rid of a massive contract in Kemba Walker. And I love Kemba Walker. I loved him. Uh, even at UConn, I'm a PC fan. I still loved him at UConn. And I always cheered him on when he went to Charlotte because I knew he was a strong-willed guy. And he has a lot of talent. And at the end of the day, when this guy has knee injuries, you kind of have and I hate to say this, but you have to ship out damaged goods. You just do. You know, Brad, uh, Danny Eanes do with Isaiah Top. At the end of the day, it's a business. You got to do what's good for your business. And I think it was smart. I think it was very, very smart for Brad Stevens to, you know, try to figure out, hey, we don't need that first round pick. Sam Presti, you love collecting picks? Go for it. You can have this 16th pick. 
We'll take Moses Brown back, who is a double-double machine in the next year. And also, he is short on salary. I think he's around 2 to $3 million per year moving forward, maybe in the fours. But what I'm ultimately trying to get at, you got an underrated player. you got a veteran that you can handle for your core and chemistry. And Yudoka's going to love Al Horford because he has that you know, camaraderie with the players already, the chemistry. They love playing with Al Horford. You know, he's a great passer too, and he cares about winning. He does. Uh, you see it on the court. You see it in his eyes. So I think Brad Stevens loved Al Horford too, and Al Horford's a really good defender, and he's going to complement that core tremendously. They got to find a point guard. The Celtics have to find a point guard. And in my eyes, what I would do, this is one of my last steps. It should be one of the, the next steps, though, is you go out and get a guy like Malcolm Brockton. Here's the reason. You get a 50-40-90 guy. 50% from the field, 40% from three, and a guy that you can count on at the charity strike to make your free throws. If you have a guy that can most certainly facilitate, handle the rock, and be there when you need him, at the end of the day, it makes Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford's job a lot easier. And so I would trade Marcus Smart, and I, I would... Possibly even throw in Rob Williams because you got Moses Brown and Rob Williams gets hurt. So you could throw him in the mix, but I'm not giving, I I guess I'm not giving all that up, but you still have to match salaries. So if I was, you know, to look at the bigger picture, you know, with the Celtics, you then have a guy like Malcolm Brogdon who can set the table and facilitate the basketball. You have a guy like Jalen Brown that can come off screens, knock down threes, get into the paint. You know, kick it out for three, find the open guy, hustle back on defense, really good two-way player. And then you got a guy like Jason Tatum who can be, who is your cornerstone franchise player. He is the guy that you can count on knocking shots late in the game. He needs to get better and not turning over the basketball late in games. We've seen it. I think he averages right around one to two turnovers, you know, in the last two minutes of like almost every game. It's, you know, unless the Celtics win in a blowout. A lot of times when it comes to clutchness, Jason Tatum can knock down the shot. But when he tries to do too much, that's where he can get in trouble. And I hope Yudoka teaches him that. Because if he can get over that hump and be a playmaker and not worry about you know trying to do too much, he's going to be a great player for a lot of years. He's 23 years old. He's only going to get better. So, again, that core. And then you add in Al Horford, like I said in the beginning. I mean, that's a great team to build. And that's that's a top three team in my my eyes in the East. And you have to start competing against these other teams that just keep, you know, um, accumulating, you know, great talent. You know, you look at Brooklyn, you look at Milwaukee. Milwaukee has built that team. The reason why they're still in the East Conference Finals is because they have the veteran core and they have guys that they can count on that are young and they get it done. Same with Atlanta. Same with Atlanta. Atlanta did a hell of a job. They got Danilo Gallinari. You know, they have uh, John Collins and, and Kevin Hurd. They got um, Capella. They went and got Capella. So I just look at, you know, these different teams in the Eastern Conference Finals specifically, and they exactly have that mix that the Celtics need to find. And I don't know if they find it in free agency. I think they find it through trades as well. And, and I think they have, like, right around four trade kickers. I think it's around $11 million for the Gordon Hayward trade. I think it's 
around $5 million for Ennis Cantor trade, and so on and so forth. I think they have like two more, as I said. So there's a lot of different trade kickers that they can involve in trades to ultimately make the salaries work. And I can see, honestly, Malcolm Brogdon coming into the Celtics uniform. He looking at, you know, what the Celtics are great at because I, I always try to find sometimes like the negative side because if you're just positive all the time, you, you know, especially commentating, it's boring, right? It, it's boring radio. It's yay, the Celtics. It's yay, yay, yay. I'm a realist at the end of the day. And right now, the Celtics, they are not good. They are not. They are bottom feeders. They need to figure it out. I don't know if it's going to be first year. I don't know what you know, Udoka has planned for the Celtics offensively and defensively. All I know is he is going to work their tails off and try to get better. And that's all you can ask for. And Brad Stevens always preached, we got to get better. We got to get better. You're not going to hear that anymore. You're going to hear honesty and also a little bit of push from Udoka because he's that guy. He will get up in your face if you're doing something wrong. He will. But that's accountability. That's how you build credibility as a head coach in the NBA. Is you hold these guys accountable and you hope that they take it as um, as mentorship and as advice on the court instead of you know using as you know you don't know me kind of thing, right? You know you hear it all the time. This this past year and in the past, Brad Stevens couldn't get the message delivered to these guys, and that's because he can't relate to them. Udoka can, and I I will say part of the reason why. Brad Stevens couldn't relate to these guys because he didn't have any emotion. He had zero expressions on the court. You know, it seems like every time he had a press conference, he would just be like, yeah, we got to get better. We got to get, and it just became like a broken record. And I think the the Celtics players got like, they, they had enough. Like, you got to start caring about losing. You got to start caring about winning. And I think Yudoka, especially 18th coach, you know, in the Celtics organization, you know, it's funny. Danny Ainge leaves 18th year. Yudoka comes in 18th year. What are the Celtics trying to go for? Banner 18. Let's make that happen. Let's go out and get those players that will facilitate and elevate the level for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's development. And once we find out with free agency and trades, Brad Stevens has done a hell of a job for these first two steps. Let's see if he can keep that consistency rolling and possibly get Malcolm Brogdon into a Celtics uniform. Tune in next week. We got a lot to talk about. NBA playoffs. You know, like I said, you got Milwaukee and Atlanta Hawks. And then you also got, oh boy, Phoenix Suns. Really quick. Okay. Aiton. Last night, Zubak got a whole bunch of eight in on him. And so the Phoenix Suns now up 2-0. And then Milwaukee and the Hawks, they tip off tonight. So let's see what we're in store for. And it's been a tremendous playoffs. I think the ratings have gone up 39% viewership standpoint across all platforms. So kudos to the NBA. Great job by Brad Stevens. And welcome, Ime Udoka. Tune in next week.